Blog Talk Radio. guest for the Todd Rundgren tour for two shows. That's September the 10th at St. Louis and September 11th at the Clues Memorial Hall. That's how it's pronounced, believe it or not, Clues. It's spelled C-L-O-W-E-S. That is in Indianapolis. So two fun shows with Todd Rundgren and special guest, The Fix. Right, and uh, I think they're going to play for a good hour or so, so it's going to be a full show. Yes, almost. We've got a good hour out of them, which is not normal for opening act, but we want to make sure that the fixtures, the fixed fans, get what they bargain for when they show up. So uh, I love that name, the fixtures. That's a great <laughs> <about> name. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So we'll, um, you know, we'll just have to uh, jam into a little '80s fix. Of course, they they've done a lot more than just the '80s. That's what they're most known for here in the states. 
And we're going to have their lead singers, our special guest, Cy Carney, tonight, if we can track him down. I got his answer machine on first attempt, so I will try again. Okay. Hopefully we'll be good to go on that. Otherwise, we'll have to uh, reschedule. But I think Well, we- I do know for those two shows in particular, the St. Louis show and the Indianapolis show, uh, we're going to have a – well, it's suggested that um, people kind of dress kind of funky for those two shows uh, in St. Louis. We're sort of thinking of going with an 80s theme, you know, big hair and shoulder pads or whatnot. And then in Indianapolis, uh, we're going to go black and white, which could still actually be an 80s theme because black and white was really big back then. Sure, I'm busting out the black and white check shoes probably for both shows. But it's awesome. not black and white as informal in the tux. It's black and white as in the colors. Right. So that's just kind of fun and optional and suggestion. We'd like to do that. A few of us will do it. You know how it is at theme parties. Some do, some don't. Not a requirement. No, but it does make it fun. So mm-hmm. the gig information is at sonsof1984.com. You can find anything you want there, including for the fixed fans. You may not be in the loop on this. We have group rates for hotels. If you're having any trouble getting those, just email me at doug at rungrunradio.com, and we'll take care of you. Uh, we do have some great rates at hotels close to the venues. They're not walking distance. Well, they could be. The St. Louis is somewhat depends on how you your health i guess and how far you like to walk and uh but they're easy cab rides if not and they're four-star hotels and they're really good deals yeah they are they are try to make it as convenient as possible so check it out at sons of 1984.com for all things todd and the fix right now that's it all right, so tonight, if you want to call in, or today, I say tonight, as we usually do our shows, it's tonight in France, where Cy is. It's 646-716-9262. This is how the show works. You are welcome to call in. If you want to speak to him, just press 1, and we'll have you on hold, and we'll let you know. We'll unmute you when we're ready to roll, and then we'll go from there. So we want to welcome the Fix fans. Please call in if you like. Say hello. Do you think that's him that's on hold right now? It could be. I'm about to check. It's an odd-looking number. Could be. For it sure you. is. Yeah. Be sure. And I think that's all we got. So let's just check on that. How about it? Right. All right. We have a caller. Is this Cy? Yeah. Hey. How are you doing? Sorry, it was a couple minutes late. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, I tell you what, though. Oh. Let me. Um, I'm about to call you back. I don't want you to have to sit with us for a long time and have to pay that bill all the way over there from France. So well, you don't uh, have to worry. You don't have to worry about that. Have you got this number? Yes, uh-huh. Great. Yeah, let me let me give you a ring back. We'll play a little music, and I'll call you back, and we'll get this thing started. Very good. See you in a minute. thanks. All right, there we go. Oh, I can tell I'm going to love this show. I love that accent. Oh. About that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got a really great discount, so when I say that. We did the Frog Labot show, you Todd fans remember, and it cost me like nothing, 10 bucks or something, to talk to him for two hours plus all the way over in France. So we hate to make our guests have to pay for a long-distance call. Right. Let's do a little, um, let's find something fun we can play Cruiser Mount as we do this. Let's see. What should we do? What should we do? How about, hmm, got to find something here that we can just have a good time with as we wait. Didn't didn't we um, miss one of the bootlegs last week? We didn't get it on the show. Maybe the Ah, Cruiser Mail is on top of her game. I have a good idea every once in a while, don't I? Yes, that's genius. All right, so this is The Smell of Money. This is from 1991. This is Chicago. This is on the sampler that Lack of Honest Work is doing. So for you Fix fans out there that may not know this, Todd 
had an album called Second Wind, and part of it had some music from a play that he had put together. Uh, it was actually wasn't his play, but he got put in charge of doing it. It was um, up against it. And so this song will be a little bit different than what you might be used to, but still a good one, and this is a live version of it. So we'll be right back with Cy Kernan. Hang tight. If you want to talk to him, 646-716-9262. My boy, I say you're unaware of things that I am unaware of. But things they say behind one's back that you suspect but are quite sure of. Don't say you haven't noticed the smell of the money is all about me. I just can't rid myself of its overpowering.
Muhammad. Oh boy. Well, if you didn't know about Todd's theatrical side, you do now. <laughs> hey Doug, are you there? Okay, well, it appears to be the Mel show today. Uh, I guess he's working on it. Maybe he's trying to get Cy on the other line. Uh, We were talking about uh, clothing themes for the shows coming up in September. And um, now none of this is a requirement, so just just take it as that. You can dress in any way you want to. Uh, Crazy Mel. There, you're there. Yeah, I thought we were going to still have some music. I got Cy with us. We're ready to roll. Ooh, okay. Hello, Cy. How are you? Good. How are you, my love? <laughs> I'm doing great. Great to have you on the show with us. Uh, good evening to you, I guess. Yeah, good evening. Yeah, we've started drinking already here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to jump ahead to a question I had for later on the show, but since you brought it up, I understand you're a big wine guy. I am, yeah. Well, I'm I'm not too big. I've lost a bit of weight, but I do do drink a fair amount of wine, yeah. So that uh, yeah, it's great. You walk around down here; it's just it's just dripping with wine. Well, uh, I hear you're you're going to be coming to Texas to the Grapevine uh, Grape Fest. So I guess you might get some there. Yeah, that's been um, that's what I'm doing actually. <laughs> really? You know, it's like a carrot to a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> that's an easy gig. We'll keep that in mind. You know, anytime we see these wine festivals, we'll call the fix. Yeah, Adam to the gig. So I like a light alcohol wine. A lot of the a lot of the big reds these days are like fourteen, fifteen percent, mm-hmm. way too strong for doing serious work on them. Twelve degrees is okay. You know, you can chew your way through the bottle and not, not fall off stage at the end of the show. Yeah, well, that's what I understand. You like to hold a um, glass of wine and a is it an egg timer or something on stage? Yeah, a little shaker sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> a little. Any shaker going on the other side, yeah. Any special significance for those things? Well, they're just the shaker is just to sort of keep a little rhythm. It's like my little um, rattlesnake, mm-hmm. like a witch doctor thing. Ah, well, if it'll give you rhythm, I might need to get one of those because I have none of that. Very nice. All right, well, let's get started with some talk about the uh, tours and what's going on with you. I know we got, um, I guess, probably one of the things that Fix fans are interested in is the new album you guys have been working on. I believe it's... Pretty close or pretty much done, right? Yeah, pretty close. And just when we thought we were going to start mixing, Jamie, the guitarist, came up with a couple more things, and we went, oh, we'll just have to do those as well. Yes. So uh, I think we're going to have it done, and it'll be out in April. We we just get so um, creative at the end. When you're beginning, you don't know where you're going. At the end, you know where you've been and you're just looking for one or two more tracks, you know, to just define it. Do you think we'll hear something new off, the, you know, at the shows in September? Well, we're trying, but the the problem we're having is that these days with YouTube and cell phones, everyone can snag yeah. a live version of the track and put it up on YouTube before we've even taken a shower after the show. And True. it'll be out before the record's out and the record company and the managers go, don't do that because we want the record to have this big impact. And it's it's a little bit constraining because we just want to play new stuff all the time. Hmm. But that's the downside of all this wonderful technology we've got. 
Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up though, because the you know Todd's been touring the last two albums he he has before the album's even out. One of them's still not out that he toured on last just a few months ago. But even the logic with the record company there, I mean, as soon as you play it, people are still going to see it on YouTube and whatnot, even if the album's out. So I don't understand their logic on that. Yeah, well, they, they, this, the thing is that the album's not out. Once yeah. once it's out, we don't care. <laughs> We're just trying to keep the surprise for the, the recorded version, I guess. Yeah. Well, if it's really good, though, and it's out on YouTube, people want to buy the album. Yeah, that's Kinda true. Like it is single. true as well. I mean, it is true. I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. I'm just sort of following what we've told last time. Yeah. And we've got loads of new songs ready to go. Just somebody blow the whistle so we can start playing. <laughs> well, which record company are you guys with? Um, well, we're with our. We've got our own little Arcadia label now. Okay. Going through Red Distribution stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, record. It's almost like they don't. Uh, sometimes record companies don't exist almost anymore. No, you don't need them. They, all they do is go for lunch, <laughs> rack up huge bills, and then and do nothing. Yeah, tell you not to play your music. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Well, that's all right. We like your old stuff too, so it's all good. Yeah, no, it's but it's time to move on. I mean, you know, the thing is, what's good about um, what the kind of shows we're doing now is getting us away from the 80s mold because one day we're going to be 80 years old and still playing 80s songs <laughs> and uh, I mean that's fine and we're proud of the past but there is a present mm-hmm. to what the fix is about Sure. Mm-hmm. and we're just trying to sort of bang on that drum for a bit mm-hmm. and of course you guys did more work after the 80s so it is I mean that is kind of the label though you know 80s band yeah yeah I mean every other band you call like a heavy rock band or you're a this band you're a that band if you come from the 80s, you're an 80s band. It's like a time period to describe the music, which is yeah. okay, but very limiting when you're trying to take it into another decade. Sure. New wave, English new wave, they call you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or whatever. You know. We'll come out with a hit in 2010, and that label will probably be... I think, yeah, right, it'll disappear, right? Well, not totally, <laughs> but yeah, some of it. Yeah. Um, absolutely. That and a little Botox. Yeah. <laughs> and then you look like you're in the 80s. Yeah, that's it. That's the trick. Hello, darling. My lips are just so big today. <laughs> My forehead does not move. Well, you you guys though, uh, speaking of record companies and things of that, they, they you know one of the things that you're you're known for at least on online, is that you guys did so well over here in the United States, but not so well in England. Yeah. You know why that is by chance, or any explanation for that weird? Well, I've been I mean I've think, been thinking about it over the years, but I think what it was is that the the week we were going to, we were number 42 on the English charts, and to go on this show called Top of the Pops, which is the defining show that breaks you, mm-hmm. we had started to have a tour in the States, and we were starting to break over there, and the producer wouldn't play, play out, get us on the TV show, because we were at number 42, and we didn't want to miss the boat in the States, so we left. <laughs> and the next week, the single still stayed at 42. Had he put us on the show... A little, you know, where we bent his arm. Mm-hmm. I think our careers would have taken off, but we went to America and never came back. We just started to take off so strongly. It was such a big country. By the time we got back, they kind of missed us. Yeah. Missed the boat. And the one article we had in the big national press was, these guys have got suntans. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but we were playing in 110-degree heat. In, at midday in half these festivals we were doing in the States, and I wonder we've got suntan in there, so. <laughs> Well, you guys, I mean, you know, the only downfall, really, is you got to travel. 
You know, none of do any of you live in the United States? I did for a while. I I spent 16 years in Manhattan. Uh huh. Um, but none of you are there now, right? No, we're all uh, we're all over here. It's not too bad, you know. Yeah, it's a good little you know, place to visit. <laughs> got to take your shoes off a couple of times a day. <laughs> what is the deal with festivals with you guys? You, you do play a lot of those. Is that just because the your agent hooks it up that way, or do you like those yeah, for some reason? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's you get a lot of numbers, and I, I like the sort of outdoory family vibe because mm-hmm. you see the whole gambit. Playing late night clubs gets a little tired. People are a bit too drunk uh, to really listen to music, and where in the daytime. You know, there's no no heavy atmosphere. It's very um, ephemeral, I call it. You know, you look at the sky and play a note, and it goes as far as you can let it go, you know? Mm-hmm. Are, are the folks that come to see you guys most of the time, um, you know, kids of the 80s, or are you seeing a lot of young folks at your shows now? Yeah, yeah we're getting some young, young ones now that have been indoctrinated by their parents. There's a whole gambit of people, actually. We get from 65 to 16. <laughs> That's great, and um, it's it's great. I and mean, a lot of people, it's mainly the girls that get off on the '80s thing. You know, they're like, oh, you know, oh, wow. They remember dancing because MTV came out when they were jumping up and down on their beds. <laughs> I think there's one on the line with us. <laughs> and then you know, then the guys got what they needed out of the fix, and um, <coughs> we've got all kinds of fans. Yeah, I you know, I, I really enjoy them. Well, and you get a lot of exposure, uh, at least in TV commercials, and I think CNN or one of those news networks right now is using one thing leads to another as, a, as an ad for them, and so you should be get, getting some new fans out there. Yeah, no, it's kind of, you know, it, wherever you can get airplay these days, it's good, and um, the song was written in its own little bubble back then, so I don't have a problem with people using it um, to... Basically, what they're doing is speaking to the generation. That that was the most populated generation ever. 80s music, like 83 people that were in college are now, whatever they are, you know, in in an age group that they're the ones the advertisers and the TV stations are trying to appeal to. So they're putting music behind their shows. Right. That speaks to that generation, and we're we're happy to go along with it. As long as they can come out and find a babysitter to come to the show. That's, you know, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> or their parents aren't sick, you know. Yeah, exactly right. You know, we're caught, kind of caught in the trap. Aging parents, yep. kids doing this, that, and the other. So Too much work or no work at all. Yeah. 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 Strange on. times, you know, but I think if we just stay constant, because we still do it for the reason we did it in the beginning, was that we're passionate about what we do. And um, it's not always. The gravy train. Sometimes it's it's painful, but that's that's the way the world is working now. You know, you have to go down into the trench and uh, make your music. If you really mean what you say, then it's going to mean even more now than when the cash is rolling in. Sure. So um, we're enjoying that, and um, luckily we've all got our wives working. That's <laughs> <laughs> always a good thing. Yeah. All right. Well, now. You got a solo career as well. I want to talk about but before I get into that. I want to ask you because I'm not really clear uh, how this worked, and maybe you can re- help me remember. Back in the, I want to say it was the late '80s. I saw you with somebody else, and I'm going to guess it was Jamie. I don't remember, but it was just two of you, and I believe it was billed as the Fix, and you were doing an acoustic act. Do you remember this tour? Yeah, I do. 
Tell me a little bit about that. What was this? Well, that was a tour that, that was a the record company that we were signed to um, wanted to do sort of like a quick radio promotion tour and not have the expensive production of taking the whole band around. And at the time, it was this guy called Alan Kovac who was managing us. And he said, this is what you've got to do. We could do radio shows during the day, and then at night you'll do a little acoustic show somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it was lightweight, cheap to take on the road, so we did it. And uh, we, had, we had a good time. Yeah. yeah. You know, they... Jamie and I have always enjoyed a bit of a campfire sing-along. Yeah. Well, did, they, uh, did the guy get the results he was looking for? Did it help you? Well, sort of. I think it was just a strange period in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Well, early 90s, actually, late 80s, I think. Mm-hmm. Grunge was starting to come in. Radio was changing its underpants and format. <laughs> and we kind of went out with the bathwater, I think. Um, and then we made a couple of albums. And then after a while, we had a lot of kids born in the band. So it was a time for us to just... We lifted our foot off the gas pedal for a while. Took about three years not doing much, musically, anyway, and then we got back together, and it was a long writing session to come out with the Elemental, which was uh, sort of 96, 97. And then we, uh, and we just sort of realised that our love was playing live. So since 97, that's all we've really been concentrating on. Mm-hmm. Which is why we haven't put too many records out, but yeah, th- yeah three since then. Yeah, I think it was 98 Elemental, then 90, 99, 2003, and then hopefully 2010 you'll have another one. So. Yeah, there you go. It's been a big gap since 2003, yeah. Yeah, they are. Well, like, the way I say is that you light a fire and then you spend more time looking for wood to put on the fire than standing by the fire keeping warm. Yeah, but you know, every couple of years, though, after that, that uh, Want That Life album came out, you did a couple of solo albums. So Fix fans were getting some kind of fix. Yeah, I was. we started to write this record way back, and then I realized that I was, there was stuff coming out that was, not bad material, and I wasn't. We weren't getting together as much, and um, you know, with home studios being the way they are these days, you can really get on with doing your own stuff. And that's how my albums came about. I figured I might as well put them out rather than just leave them in in isolation. Mm-hmm. And I'm enjoying. It. I'm just working on another one now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Probably a lot, lot more time passing after the. Fix album, I would guess. Yeah, well, the fix is sort of set periods during the year where cause trying to get five guys all to be ready at the same time mm-hmm. is a little tricky. But when you're on your own, you just go, I've got a day, I'm going to, you know, I spend two hours, three hours a day in my studio every day. And if I get something going, I'm in there all day. Nobody sees me. Mm-hmm. Now, do your, do your solo albums, uh, are those real popular with the fix fans? And do you have a whole different group that gets into those? Yeah, no, there are they are um, popular with fix fans, but I'm getting, you know, through the internet and stuff, I'm getting kind of strange little fan bases here, like in Italy or Spain. Nice. Um, and people that were, you know, about the voice and the lyrics and stuff. So they, I'm picking them up slowly but surely. Very nice. It's all good, you know. Now you, when you tour though with that the solo career, you usually do that with is it Nick Harper? Yeah, great, love him, and we're doing a duo record at the moment as well. Oh, is that right? You busy yeah. man. <laughs> and uh, that's really great. We've got about four four tracks cut so far. Mm-hmm. And he's he's genius. God, what a pleasure it is to play with him. 
Now you got so tell me a little bit about those shows because I've heard really good things about them from the fixed bands. You go out and it's, it's you two and you, do you play at the same time or how does that work? Yeah, we play at the same time. Um, he does a little set before me, mm-hmm. and then he joins me in my set. And then when he's touring in England, I open up for him because he's he's more known as a solo artist in England than I am. Mm-hmm. So I open up for him, and then he does his show. And then in between his in the middle of his show, I come on and we do our little double act as well. Wow, that's a great show. Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing, and um, he just has an amazing sense of rhythm. Mm-hmm. He's, and he's got a great harmony voice as well, singing harmonies. So we just, and we don't like rehearsing. We just first <laughs> rehearse, first gigs, first rehearsal, really. Yeah. <laughs> and things evolving on stage. So there's quite a bit of jamming going on, but it really feels no safety net, and it's very um, rewarding. Mm. Do you two go, go very far back? Do we? Well, we went. We met. I met him halfway up Everest on the Love Hope Strength climb to Everest. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, we want to talk about that for sure. <laughs> yeah, so that's where I met him. And uh, he first thing, I he sang a song that made me cry. I don't know whether it was the altitude or the emotion of the day, but whatever. And I went, wow, I've got to do something with this guy. And um, I've been crying ever since. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you, since you mentioned the uh, the Everest climb, the Love, Hope, Strength, go ahead and tell us about that. Kind yeah, of well, good friend of mine, Mike Peters, who um, has had been fighting leukemia on and off through the years. And when it was on his second, when it came back the second time, he was lying in his hospital bed in North Wales looking up at Mount Snowden out of the hospital window. And he said, if I ever get out of this bed again, I'm going to go and sing a message from the top of the mountain is that I should have paid more attention and got early detection and... Uh, and I should have listened, looked for the clues earlier. So he did get out of that bed, and he did sing his song at the top of the mountain. <laughs> then when he wanted to go on tour in the States, he couldn't get insurance because of his medical condition. Mm. And by hook or by crook, he found a rock and roll insurer who he himself was a leukemia survivor. And when they found each other, they went, wow, this is like a sign. We need to be working and doing something. And that's where Love, Hope, Strength was born. This guy was called James Chippendale, and they formed the foundation. And they started having ideas about taking the message to high points around like the, the Empire State Building. And then I think on a drunken night, they went, hey, let's go to Everest. <laughs> and we were on the road with them at the time doing the Rock in the Colonies tour with Psychedelic Furs and uh, the Alarm and the Fix. And I was backstage, and Mike and his partner, James, came up and said, hey, Si, you want to go up to Everest? do a concert up there. I was like, Jesus, yeah, let's go. And this was, and two months later, there we were, trekking up there. And Mike put together a team of musicians. There was uh, Glenn Tilbrook from Squeeze, Slim Jim Phantom from Stray Cats, had Jamie and myself from The Fix, and this wonderful guy, Nick Harper, who I'd never heard of. And um, we also offered a load of cancer survivors and people that were sponsored to go up there to raise money. And we got to Kalapatar, which is uh, about 18,600 feet, and we did a concert up there. And we left about a million dollars in Nepal for them to build a cancer research wing. Wow. At the the hospital that we visited, where you wouldn't have even taken your dog for surgery there at that point. So Mm. 
things have changed a bit there. And then the next year it was Machu Picchu, then Kilimanjaro. And now they're, they're actually just returning from Fuji this year's trek. I couldn't join them, unfortunately, because um, I was very busy here at home getting ready for the next tour and stuff. Wow. So uh, that's why I decided, I decided I was running a little contest trying to get people to uh, buy these tickets to win a two-week uh, vacation at my farm. I've got, like, these guest houses. Mm-hmm. And they're beautifully restored. And for a 10 buck ticket, you can win a two-week holiday in the farm for nice. 10 years. <laughs> and uh, if you don't, can't do the holiday, you can take the cash instead, which is like 40 grand's worth of cash. Wow. And uh, there's a little contest that you've got to enter to get around the laws of you can't just have a sort of gaming or lotto thing, and that benefits the whole Love, Hope, Strength charity as well. Mm-hmm. So, now, that's still going on, or is it done? Yeah, it's still, still going on. The draw is next June 30th. And you just have to go to my website and get on, click on the link for lagoucheryholidays.com. Mm-hmm. And then that takes you to the website where there's all the, the little questionnaires. And then you get in and uh, get, buy the tickets and off you go. And good luck to the, for the draw. Um, it's, going, it's going great so far. So Awesome. Just trying to spread the word, you know, raising money and leaving a little cash where it's needed. Sure. Well, it's a good call if everybody's been touched by cancer at some point or another. Then yeah, yeah, that's, that's the truth. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, you see when you see people that have gotten out of a hospital bed, done with the chemo, and they've always got this fear that it may come back. Mm-hmm. But then when they do a big adventure thing like climbing the base camp on Everest, every day you can see the fear leaving them. Hmm. And by the time they get to the top and come back down, they're fully alive again. They're not even thinking about the this sword of Damocles over their heads. And that, that to me, was the gift of the experience, is to see people, you know, coming over huge odds and finding their lives again. And uh, I love second-chance stories, you know. Yeah, that's a great second-chance stories. Those are. That's um, that's the, your website, com. so if people want to do that. That's it. And it's also you can link to it at thefix.com. It's right on the front page of the Fix page as well. Mm-hmm. What was it oh, like, yeah. like singing at such a high altitude? <laughs> it was actually great. I thought it was going to be a lot tougher than it was, but um, um, I think every day you just your your body acclimatizes. Some people were de- getting horrendous altitude sickness, you know, vomiting and projectile shitting, <laughs> and and uh, headaches and all this stuff. But Glenn Tilbrook on. And myself took it upon ourselves to do what the Sherpas did, which was just bang on the bong and smoke cheap and drink cheap whiskey. <laughs> and it got us all the way up there without a belly ache. And we were last ones up, first ones up in the morning, too. <laughs> so it was really great. I would think that, that breathing would be difficult, but I guess if you've trained for it... Um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, put it this way, musicians are stupid. And... I was first up in, uh, you know, I was the first guy up to the top of this little knoll where we were going to do the concert. It was like minus 30. The wind was howling. And I turned around there, and here comes Slim Jim from Stray Cats in his DMs with his bandana on. And he gets up there, and he takes out a Marlboro light, and he goes, we're a little nippy, eh, si? <laughs> <laughs> It just starts, like, I just, 
I cracked up laughing. I was just like, he could have been going down the pub, you know. Huh. It was really good. And, um, you know, we didn't stay out there for hours, put it that way, and our hands were freezing over. But I think the getting caught away in in, in the moment and singing Red Skies at night was just, uh, well, I I kind of left a piece of me up there. And I think we all did, everyone that went on that trek, it was just a magical experience that we all left part of ourselves up there. And life hasn't been quite the same since. Were you I mean, ever interested in mountain climbing before this project came along? Uh, yeah, I've always done a bit of trekking, and I do like I do like the mountains. That's true. So it was, that was a dream come true there. How many people do you think were uh, part of this deal? Uh, Thirty-eight people went up um, that on that trip, mm-hmm. but we had you know hundreds of thousands of sponsors. And I think on the day that we were up there, with the, the Love Hope Strength website had something like a million and a half visits that day. Wow, that's good. Had, you know, they did a really good line up you know cnn and we were doing daily satellite podcasts where we had um the guy um alex coletti who conceived and directed um mtv unplugged mm-hmm. he he joined in and he he did the trek and produced the filming of it and we had two uh great camera guys who actually climbed the mountain three or four times because they were running up and down all day to film everyone <laughs> Yeah, they climbed the fountain, you know, thing four times, and they were excellent, Stash and Damien, and um, so they would edit together these little video podcasts at the end of the day, and then shoot them up by satellite, and within an hour of you know of us all going to bed, this thing was live online, so people were clicking in and watching that. <laughs> Sounds like a great team. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. And of course, the uh, Love Hope Strength Foundation. It's mainly to to uh, Raise money to improve treatment facilities is your main objective. Exactly. Now, yeah, because the focus has kind of changed. You know, charities and, and cancer research is there's there's money in the rich countries for doing this, that, and the other. But on the general level of the scale, it's basically getting people to, to join the bone marrow list, which mm-hmm. is very simple. So what Love, Hope, Strength have organized is at the back of most concerts that they can get involved with, there's a little booth where you just go over and lick a swab, mm-hmm. and your um, your um, what do you like? Excuse me, my French is getting in the way now. Your DNA and your bone marrow DNA is taken, so you put on a, a register, and if ever a match is found, they can call you up. And there's a sort of a people that have a strange idea of what it is to be a bone marrow donor donor where they think huge needles going in your spine and these days it's a lot less invasive than it used to be mm-hmm. um, and I recently met a young guy who found out that he was a match for somebody who was just about to die of leukemia and he was very instrumental in saving this person's life though he didn't know who it was but to see the effect on this kid who was not quite sure what he was going to do in his, with his life all of a sudden this kind of random act came along Mm-hmm. And just made him feel like, wow, I just done something enormous. Just saved a life without even somebody I didn't even know. <laughs> and it kind of plugs you into a universal aspect. You know, it's like when there's a guy overtaking you in the car, and you say, hey, asshole. Mm-hmm. But maybe that asshole's the guy that you're going to save the next day with a bone marrow donation or something. Mm-hmm. You know? So nobody's really an asshole if you take the time and the breath to breathe with them. Mm-hmm. So. 
it's doing good work in that way too. Well, have have you ever been a match? Uh, no, I haven't. And actually, I'm out of the once you I post after 45, you're not allowed to get on the list. Oh. That's why it's just kind of a rock and roll young man's and girls um, aspect, the young healthy ones between 18, 45. And there's mm. different criteria, but you can get on the list. And then once you give them your details, they say yes, you're in or you're not. Mm. You know. Yeah. I didn't know there was a, an age limit on it. I guess I'm yeah, over 45, so I'm all washed up too now. Yeah, me too. But left. there's a limit now. But they're trying in France. It's it's they're talking about why is there a, a a limit? Because since they've been doing the genome project, they suddenly worked out that people that are living longer are living longer for a reason because they're healthy. Mm-hmm. And if they're healthy, maybe their genes are healthy, and maybe they need to be tapping into it. So they are talking about at the. World Cancer Foundation putting pressure on the governments and the various bodies that regulate these things to say, hey, shouldn't we be upping the the age limit because we're all living longer and getting getting long gray. So you know. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you know one one thing that we I don't think we've done, Doug. We need to tell people that if they want to call in and ask a question, they need to call six four six. Seven one six nine two six two. Nine two six two. Oh, you can so call you in. So this um, the way you got involved in this was the conversation was based on with the fellow from the alarm was based on insurance. Did did that come into play again? Did he get insurance or does this? Um, yeah, no. Well, he 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 has to pay a hell of a uh, premium to get it to get his medication, and now that he's on his own um, sort of tight medical sort of, he's being followed by doctors now, he should have regulate his leukemia. Mm -hmm. He's got the medication he needs, so as long as he's got that, he's fine. Excellent. They're still touring some, right? So the the insurance he has is just usual cancellation insurance, which could happen to any musician, you know. Mm -hmm. So he still goes out on tour, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the busiest working guy in show business. There's no keeping him down, you know. He's been given a, a an even better gift. It's halfway through your life, you suddenly realize what your life is when he fought for it and got it back. So he's working his ass off. Well, now you brought you brought up the insurance thing. That's always a hot topic here in the U.S. because supposedly we're all going to get it for free eventually. Did, what yeah. is it like over in France? Well, it is it is for free, but the, the irony is is that what happens is. There's people are getting older, and the people that need the most treatment are beyond working age, and it's a huge strain on the system to keep old people healthy. That when they get better, they're not back in the work pool. So the guys that are making the decisions are making some pretty radical. So well, we've got to keep the money going for the younger, where the workforce is, and obviously if you're older. You don't want to hear that. You want to hear that you're going to get the best treatment you can. But unfortunately, with free insurance, there's some trimming around the edges. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> it is. And you do get great coverage, but it does cost money. And people over here have been used to having huge chunks out of their salary to pay for it. Um, I'm kind of of the school of thought where you should just have, you know, you'd get, if you're able to get a a line of credit that you never use, you just keep it as a card, and if ever 
you have a huge whack of mal, you know, bad luck, you can use bring out the card. Because mm-hmm. the way the insurance companies make money is they scare the shit out of you with all these diseases <laughs> that you could possibly get, and then everyone's running like sheep to get insurance, and then you never get sick. Yeah. You work out how much money you give out over 40, 50 years, and the average guy never uses that. It's most, the odd, you know, penicillin shot here and there. It's the most profitable business, one of them in the United States. Mm-hmm. Insurance. Yeah, fear and insurance. Great, go hand in hand. Yeah. And then they can just cut you off as soon as they think you, you know, like you. Yeah, as like soon you as know. you become sick. Oh, you're sick. We're not insuring you anymore. <laughs> doesn't make any sense, does it? No, it doesn't. It's like... Uh, but the thing is, is like when you really wake up, you kind of realize why would the world be any other way anyway? Mm-hmm. You know, unless you really do care and make the system. It's not. We're not talking about socialism now. We're talking about sort of a sharing of the benefits, which mm-hmm. what the underlying fundamental thing of capitalism is that it was the crumbs were supposed to fall down and take care of everyone, but they don't. Right. They just stay where they, you know, they just stay up at the top, the top table, and then people around the bottom ain't getting any crumbs. <laughs> no, I mean insurance hasn't even been around really that long. Health insurance, it's uh, everybody kind of was self-insured. Yeah, I guess the yeah, cost sure. got so high. Well, Canada has a pretty good system. Yeah. That's why they. Well, the funny thing is, where there's great insurance, everybody smokes like crazy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> you go to France and Canada, they're all puffing like. And they can puff puffing whatever they want over there too. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Craziness. All right. Well, we got a call. Somebody wants to talk to you, if you don't mind. We'll take that caller and continue our discussions. 914, you're with us. Hey, how you doing? This is Mark in Yonkers. How are you? How's everybody? Great. Hey, Mark. Hey. How are you? Very good, man. Very good. Long way away, looking at a red sunset, thinking about red skies at night, looking out my window. <laughs> what do you used to say that a long I tell you about um twenty years ago I had the pleasure of, of meeting you and having dinner with you uh up in Hartford, Connecticut. Quite quite a quite a long period of time ago. A place called um Poncho McGee's if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that place. Twenty years ago. Wow. Twenty years ago. But, but I had a question actually. But uh, brings back a lot of memories. I was just wondering, um, how did this uh, getting together with Todd on this tour all come about? Well, it was something that came out of the blue from my end. I know I've been talking to uh, these guys over here at Rungren Radio for a couple of couple of years now, right? For a while. Mm-hmm. For a while, and and I sort of was thinking, ooh, because Todd's been a huge inspiration to me from a ever since I saw the light in my eyes when I was a kid. He said, just amazing harmonies. And then um, I think our agent caught wind of this new tour and something must have happened to make it, to make us, and we were always looking for a tour to get us out of the 80s box. And this is the perfect thing for us. To kind of well, this may throw you into the 70s, <laughs> 70s box. box. We're great. Any, anywhere but the frickin' 80s. <laughs> you know, 70s, 90s, 60s, wherever we go. But just, I just don't want to hear 80s for a while. Yeah, maybe we should change our uh, our theme outfit for the St. Louis gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the geriatric year. But yeah. no, I'm just excited. I, I met Todd a few years ago in, in New York, and uh, he was always a... I always thought he was an amazing producer. I wonder what he would have done with the fix. 
at he, some point. He um, told us last week that you were thinking about uh, you were going to do something with him for your solo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was. Well, I'm going to corner him in a <laughs> in a in a in a room because his sense of harmony and um, his chords are just God. I I, I still love you know um, love the way he picks his tonics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the whole so. Utopia, Chasm, Saltman, all those boys. Yep, Chasm will be on this tour. Fantastic. Yes. Can't wait to see him. I remember him coming to backstage when we were just breaking in uh, in New York. We were playing, I think it was the Ritz, the old Ritz, and this guy came back and I said, hey, Chasm, Saltman. I was like, whoa, Utopia, whoa, Todd Runger. And I was like, you know, it's a little... I was still awestruck myself, and so this is kind of a nice full circle. Yes. And I think well, musically it should be a good night because we can bang out a few treasures in an hour, and I'm really interested to see the way uh, Todd's doing what he's doing now because it's kind of a quite of an interesting show. Yeah, it's going to be unique, very theatrical, lots of uh, different things people haven't seen before, and yeah. choirs and all kind of stuff. It's going to be fun. Wow. Yeah. You know, I have heard several Todd fans have said, and I I don't know if it's true or not, but Utopia had a song called Fix Your Days, and it does sound a little bit like Fix. And I've heard that it was a tip of the hat to you guys. Have Have you ever heard of that? Um, I have heard that there was a you know that they were they were interested in the way that we did things. Right? That's what I have heard. You need, you need to go look up that song. It's called Fix Your Gaze. <laughs> yeah. Fix Your Gaze? Yeah, it's a great mm-hmm. song. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably... Um, that, well, that's what the, the meaning of our band is. That's how we got the name from our thing, was like, fix you, you know, where, where are you coming from, your point of view. Ah, POV. So he's probably right on it now. I have to check that one out. <laughs> yeah, I read where he originally was FIX, and they didn't like that, the record company, because they thought... Well, the, the guy goes... Oh, there's a drug, there's a drug connotation there, <laughs> and I went. So what are you saying? He said, Well, I think we should put two X's. I said, So how does that sound with two X's? He goes, Well, it sounds like fix. I said, Well, it sounds the same. <laughs> it's only for the guys that are reading it. Well, we don't, we're not about reading. We're about listening. So I don't, you know, we didn't really care. <laughs> wow. That's well, that's cool. Somebody was paid to make that decision. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's unique to you because it's the only. Version that's where I think fix is spelled like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, was, well, I think it was because I had two X's, my second divorce. <laughs> Maybe spelled with three X's one day. <laughs> then it would be it would be referred to those triple X, and then you would yeah, there you have go, to go to four. X, yeah. yeah, it could be porn. And then we're in the porno market, right? Yeah. Yeah, that gives it a whole new meaning. Oh, great! You could do fix with one X, fix, fix, and you could have fix with three, and you could be drug and porn. There you go. Probably sell more albums that way, too. Oh, we're totally here. On the Internet, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, so, Mark, you're from Yonkers, PA, you said? Uh, Yonkers, New York. New York. Yonkers, New York, yeah. yeah. Right. Thinking of York, looking, PA. About a car I'm looking there. right over the Hudson River right now. Yeah, gotcha. A quick question. Is there any uh, chance that the Fix and the Todd, I know Todd's going to be doing a show on the East, but uh, will the Fix be joining him, sorry? Um, I haven't been, haven't been talking about it now. I mean, we've got just uh, a few, two shows with him, and then we're going to be spreading our wings on the West Coast and doing Texas and uh, a couple of shows in in L.A., but I don't think there's any more after that. But 
you never know. He's a busy guy, and we like to work. So if yeah, I get God, a chance, I'd love to see you guys again. It's been it's been a lot of years. I see you were talking about the Ritz before. I saw one of your performances at the Ritz as well. And, yeah, uh, right. shows in uh, Port Chester, New York, as well as that that show in Hartford. So I'm a big fan of you guys. You've been about. You've been about. Yes, I have. <laughs> you need to be about to St. Louis and Indianapolis, man. Get out of New York every now and then. <laughs> I think I'll I think I'll check Expedia as soon as I hang up. Yeah, yeah, you should because that's going to be those are going to be amazing shows. I tell you. Yes, that's going to be fun. And I don't know, maybe something will turn into it and they'll do it again. You never know. Absolutely. But there's going to be a Todd gig in Morristown, New Jersey, if you don't know. Um, yes, I saw that. Yeah, but the fix won't be open for that one. But um, it's a weeknight. You know, that's part of the part of the issue, too. But these these two, uh, St. Louis and Indy are weekends, so adding an opening act and staying up late is not going to kill anybody, I hope. No, uh, not. We live yep. for it. <laughs> yep. All right, Mark, you got any other questions? Um, well, I, I, you just answered the question. I was just curious about uh, any thoughts of possibly uh, working with Todd as far as a producer uh, going forward. At I, all. I, but, uh, well, to be honest, I've thought about it a lot in in the past. Now we're kind of working quite happy with a, with a, a, a young Canadian guy called uh, Nick Jackson, who's really got some good ears. Um, comes out of sort of the prog rock scene, but he's he's been a huge fix fan his whole life, and he's really taught us how to kind of look beyond where so we're not just repeating ourselves and he's pulling out stuff out of songs that we're writing and making us feel kind of young and brave which is great that's what a producer needs to be for us though having said that you know Todd's Todd and uh, I know he's a busy guy so I don't know when it's going to be we'll be doing another album if we're all still alive then we'll talk about it well, he's starting to help. This isn't the last one, of course. So, yeah, yeah of course. Very nice. All right, there you go. How about All right, you? thanks, guys. All right, man. Thanks for calling in. Peace and blessings to you, bro. Yep, peace and love. All right, babe. All right, very good, Mark, from Yonkers, New York. <laughs> Not the Yonkers, Pennsylvania. Is there a Yonkers, Pennsylvania? I don't know. I know York. That's where I got confused. All right, very good. New Yorkers. Sorry, Todd's not coming to New York this time, but he will be in New Jersey. And, uh, you know. If we make the rounds to New York, we know that your vote is to bring the fix with him. Yeah, there you go. How about it? All right. Yeah, I think you guys may be trying to do some stuff in the South, too, um, after these, these uh, St. Louis gigs, St. Louis and Indy, so that might be good. <laughs> well, we're, you know, we're around, so uh, yeah. we just got to just get things set up, you know. Well, I'm definitely planning on seeing you guys in uh, Grapevine, Texas, because I live in Dallas, which is like 30 minutes from there. No big deal. Okay, great. That would be a good show. You get a yeah. full, full 90 minutes there. Excellent. All right, so I've only got uh, one more question. We've kept you for an hour. We appreciate your generosity. My pleasure. Uh, the, um, you guys have – I got a little confused on the bass player situation. How many bass players have you had, and which one are we getting now that you guys – Well, we've got the uh, we've got the long-time original. We. We had Charlie Barrett on the first record, Shuttered Room. Then he left. Then we had a guy that we recorded Reach the Beach with called Alfie Aegis. Mm-hmm. But we never actually toured with him because he left on the, before we'd finally finished the record. Then a guy called Dan Brown came in for the last song on Reach the Beach, and he joined us for our whole big career. Mm-hmm. And then he got sick with uh, bowel cancer Ooh. in the late 80s, early 90s when we were taking a a break and so he kind of left and wasn't feeling physically right mid 90s so 
we went off with uh, Chris Tate, and then we had um, Gary Tips from Adam and the Ants and Roxy Music for a while. But then Danny called up and said, hey, I'm feeling good again. And um, Gary kind of fell off the table, and Danny stepped right back in, so we feel re- reunited. So we've got Danny now. He's probably the most musical bass player we ever had. Sure, the one you've been with the longest. Yeah, and it's a lot of history. He's a divine character, and... Uh, a guy I could talk to for hours, you know. So, and it's a, so we're going to get to see a cancer survivor. Hope there you go. I had to do awesome. it. Yeah. I had to do it, you know. It's like my love, hope, strength chum. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, hey, it's been very informative. We appreciate you giving us so much time. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm hoping, um, hoping it's all going to be a sweet, and uh, well, I'll catch up with you when, when I'm over there. Absolutely. We'll see you in less than two weeks. Very good. Looking forward to it. All right. We are. Thanks. Be good. Keep smiling. Thank you, Cy. All right, peeps. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> all right, everybody. Cy Kerner. We call all the way from France. I think I think that he sounds like a very, very nice guy. I'm looking forward to working with him and seeing him in person. Very nice guy. Very compassionate, pun intended. We really didn't get into the fact that, that this guy is a working farmer as well. Yeah. Got a tizzle, talked about it and his wife too. You know, that's what he said she works, so they got that uh farm out there and they're gonna you have an opportunity to go out there if you want for ten bucks, you might get win that deal. Can you imagine? Yeah. Maybe ten years every year you go out to France, it'd be kinda nice. Throw a Frenchy wine. Yep. I would give you some advice though if you go over there. That would, that would be? be to take some spice such as Tabasco or Tony Chatteris. <laughs> Because the food can be bland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Depend on what you know and who you know. I'll tell you what. Uh, I think it's pronounced Kim in the chat room is asking us to mention uh, a California show that The Fix is going to be playing. But I've actually got all their uh, <clears throat> tour dates here, so may as well pimp The Fix a little bit. On September 3rd, which is coming up uh, this next week, they're going to be in Santa Cruz, California. On the 4th, they're going to be in Sausalito, California. Of course, as we've said, the 10th, he's going to, they're going to be in St. Louis. The 11th, Indianapolis. The 16th, they're going to be in Laplace, Louisiana. I'm not sure where that is, but probably a casino kind of thing. The 17th, in Grapevine, Texas, at Grapefest. Mm-hmm. And on the 18th, they're going to be in Irvine, California. Laplace is somewhere between Baton Rouge and New Orleans, I believe. Down south, huh? Yep. So that'll be fun. Always Louisiana. Yeah. Good stuff. The website's thefix.com. Size is cykernin.com, C-U-R-N-I-N, and his first name is C-Y, in case you didn't know. And our information is on Sons of 1984 or com. So he did say they're going to give us an hour, which is what we asked for, 45 minutes to an hour. We kind of pressed for an hour. I hate it that y'all are going to have to stay up late, all us old folks going to this show, but It'll be worth it. A good hour of the fix with their good stuff, and then Todd doing two full albums. Oh, uh, I think I think Todd will keep us awake. No question. Well, <laughs> if he does Healing Second, it's going to be we're already going to be kind of zombied out, so it's going to be kind of interesting, you know. Not that I'm saying it's going to be boring and you'll be asleep, but you know it's mellow, and some of it is, and you know, puts you in the zone, a zone. How about that? Yeah. Well. The shine, you mother shine. Yeah. All right. So should we should we change our '80s theme? Um, 
Well, now, anybody can dress any way they want to, and, and in fact, 70s will go a long way, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, Todd, you know, we could say it was for Todd's healing album because it was in the 80s. Yeah, it was. It was. But the Todd album was in the <laughs> 70s, so do what you want to do, you know? John's in here wanting us to announce the Vegas Todd show. December the 11th, right? Something like that. And California possibilities. Um, we don't, don't know, know any- anything about those. Know that there's a Vegas show. Um, yeah, that, you know what we know. <laughs> yeah, I would think they're going to try to take the Johnson on tour, um, the Johnson show that is, <laughs> and the Johnson technically, um, to California at some point. But we know nothing. Nope, nope. So Keith wants to know if I know the order of LPs. Nope. No. And actually, there is no such thing because Todd has the right to mix it up. That's right. That's true. So he could come out and do, and I have no idea, folks. I'm making this up completely. I'm just speculating. He could come out and do the Todd album first, except for Sons of 1984, and then finish the show with Sons of 1984. I would guess if he did Todd first in its entirety and then Healing, that he would switch. Well, it's not even really a switch because Tiny Demons and Tom Hills were on a single. But I would think he would finish that one with Tom Hills. It's all fun to speculate. You don't have to wait but seven days. Oh, my gosh. And you will know. We will all know. Uh, you know, when I woke up this morning, Doug, I thought, okay, where am I going to be this time next week? And I thought, well, I'll be getting ready for the Chasm show, and I'll probably be really hungover, too. <laughs> oh. Uh, yep. We're getting a lot of questions about the Vegas show. It's a, it's a casino deal. We got nothing to do with it. We have nothing to do with it, and it's um, December the 11th. We don't have it on site yet. We need to get on there. I think it's at that Red Rocks place. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that the Fix's um, record company does not want them to play new music. Well, but he said that album's not going to come out till April, so it is pretty far in advance. Yeah, but you do one song and go. We have an upcoming album when you got. You know, a whole new audience with Todd Rundgren fans there? Why would you not do that? That's, I don't know. Record companies crack me up. Then you got Todd who's toured two albums in a row way before they were released. So that's kind of uh, an interesting difference in between those two bands. But I'm cool with Fix playing their old stuff. Not going to whine or cry about that. Nope. Give me a little one thing, least to another. We'll say by zero, little red skies. I am good. Secret separation. That one's yeah. my current favorite. Yeah, I was kind of waiting on you to tell them that kind of sounds like utopia to some people, but. Well, you know. I didn't quite get there. I I talked about fix your gaze. <laughs> um, that's for Michelle. That song was for Michelle. No, but I'm talking about the sound of it. Oh yeah, uh, I love that song. Me too, me too. You know, we haven't mentioned that there is going to be a webcast of the September shows. And it's going to be coming at you from Glenside, Pennsylvania on the 14th. So if you can't make it to any of the shows, you will have an opportunity to see it. What's what's that uh, website? Is it? Do you recall what that is, Doug? ToddHealingShow.com Dot com, okay. So the two albums. Their names, Todd, Healing, and then Show. Because there's just going to be one show this time, one webcast, not four. 
Um, and the, what's he called, uh, Muskegon gig will be videotaped for archival purposes, which could be used for anything and everything. Who knows? So if you're going to be in Muskegon, you might notice a few cameras around, and so you should make sure to suck your gut in and put your makeup on or brush your hair, whatever you do. That includes the men and women. No makeup for men, please. Yeah. Uh, unless you want. I guess you could do that. But, uh, and they're, they're going to have a camera at the, the little party that we're having after the Todd Stock premiere, too. Yes, the footage will include some of the Roy Firestone interview, which will be done in Philadelphia, and some of the Todd Stock premiere movie and party. You know, just letting you see a little bit about what's going on. And I think we announced it last week, but if we didn't, we are web streaming on Ustream the um, the party, bash birthday bash. And I need to get that link for that. Let me find it for everybody in case you don't know. It's the same one as last year. Uh, so you, you'll notice it ends with a watts, but uh, it's like Ustream TV. Slash oh, channel slash TRA Watts. So Ustream.tv slash channel slash TRA Watts, which of course is T-R-A-W-A-T-S. You can see the bash from last year and you'll be able to see the bash from this year. How about but we'd that? rather you be at the bash if you possibly can. Sure. Yay. There you go. All right, Cruiser Mel, I think that's a wrap. Fun show. Right. Glad we got to talk to the lead singer of the Fix. And Cy Kernan, who also has a solo career. And looking forward to seeing them in a couple of weeks, less than a couple of weeks. Right. They're asking uh, in the chat room if there's going to be a show Tuesday night like there always is. And the answer is yes. Yes, we'll have some good stuff for that show, actually. We're not going to have a guest. and Well, we might have a conversation with somebody for a few minutes that's, um, that you all all know and love. But that's preliminary. We will definitely have a show. We definitely have Steve Skinner's interview we'll be playing that he did with Todd uh, a couple of days ago or so, and maybe an old-school interview that was done in, what was that, 91 or 81? When was it, Chris Mill? The one that you and I were talking about? Yes, uh-huh. I think it was 71, actually. Oh, no. Yes. Really? Yes. We'll talk later. You need to listen to that make sure it sounds okay. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, everybody, that's a wrap. We'll see you next Tuesday. That's just here in a couple days, same bat time, which will be 8.30 Eastern. And we'll be coming live at you. I'm going to finish this up with a little fix again, and then we'll uh, call it a day. Okay. All right, have a great week. Peace out.
everybody, this is Todd Rundgren, and you're listening to RundgrenRadio.com. Thank you so much for your support. 